Good morning, everybody. It is March the 29th, and our market taking a bit of a breather today. This is the Marcus Today members podcast, general advice only, not to be confused with advice suited to your personal financial circumstances. Right, after the flyer yesterday, I have to say it was a bit of a lithium bid-inspired rally yesterday, but after the flyer yesterday, up 72 points, it's all a bit more subdued today. We're down about 12 points, having been down 23 points. But the main observation today is that the US bank sector is in no rush to rally. The sector was up last night, but only by 0.3%. But I don't know whether you watched some of the Senate inquiry into the Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank collapse overnight. But as that went on, the bank sector in the US started to drift because it made it quite clear that the regulators are open to more strict banking regulation. And it has been a failure of regulation to control these banks. So the sector slid 1% during the inquiry. And as I say, look at the charts in the Marcus Take section. I've got charts in there of Citibank, JP Morgan, Bank of America, and a chart of the European Bank Index and the KBW Bank Index, which is 30% off the top. And the clear message from all of those is that the run in the banks has been contained for the moment, but nobody is being quick to bounce it. Dropped and stopped, as I described it, in almost all the charts at the moment. The only banks that have had a bounce are the banks that have been gifted the assets of SVB and Signature Bank with the help of money from the FDIC, which is the government regulator. Those two banks are the First Citizens Bank, which has bought the SVB loans and deposits, and the New York Community Bank, which has taken over Signature Bank. And both of those have had significant bounces off their lows. The government's avoiding saying the word bailout, but effectively they have engineered a bailout of the two problem banks by two other regional banks. And they, of course, are getting assets at a discount with funding. So they have bounced, but those are the only things that have bounced. The other positive, of course, has been UBS buying Credit Suisse, which plugs one of the main market concerns. But it looks like UBS was forced by regulators, Swiss regulators, into saving Credit Suisse. And notably, the UBS share price had a bit of a rally on the back of that, but has since fallen over again. And then there's Deutsche Bank, which has dropped 35% since this whole thing started. There are concerns about their exposures to financial services and products and companies, and that remains a risk. And there are a couple of other negatives as well. As Goldman Sachs point out, there are implications from the banking crisis for the economy. The main issue, they say, is going to be credit availability. In other words, after this, banks are going to be a bit tighter with their lending, which is as good as an interest rate rise, which is probably why the Fed don't need to raise rates, quite honestly. Goldman Sachs describe it as a headwind for the US economy, not quite the hurricane that JP Morgan's CEO suggested was coming. But Goldman Sachs and a number of other investment banks have upped the chances of a recession. And Goldman Sachs say it's hard to explain the resilience of the equity market in the face of a negative growth shock. And the other issue is earnings. Morgan Stanley have said that earnings downgrades are now in the pipeline and earnings remain materially too high. Earnings, of course, are the E in PE. So if the E drops because of this banking crisis, then the PE's gone up. In other words, the price should probably come down. Morgan Stanley say earnings estimates are unrealistic in the light of past the events of the past few weeks. So earnings downgrades, lower GDP growth forecasts, tighter banking regulations, and the institutions responsible for the finance system 
everyone from the FDIC to the Treasury to the White House, all trying to instill confidence. Finance is all about confidence. All trying to instill confidence with comments about the finance industry being on a sound footing. The White House saying the banking system is safe, which as I said yesterday, if if you got a post-it note on your trading screen saying that one of the headlines this year would be White House says the banking system is safe, you would have sold everything and run to the hills. It's the job of every regulator and responsible political or financial institution to instill confidence whether it's justified or not. As I say, I'm not sure I would trust the White House with my cavoodle, let alone to tell me if the financial system was safe. I don't think they'd even know if it was. So there's not a lot of confidence and the main push of the Marcus Take section today was to bung a bunch of charts in there which show you the recent fall in financials and the lack of a bounce. So the KBW Bank Index may have dropped and stopped, but it certainly isn't going up. And I think that colours the whole backdrop for us. There's clearly a buying opportunity coming up in financials and in particular in Macquarie. And as hopefully you know, I've started this Macquarie-only portfolio with $100,000. And at the moment, it is sitting firmly in cash. So we haven't bought Macquarie. The idea is to outperform the market by focusing on just one stock. And I've picked Macquarie because over the longer term, when you're trading a stock, you want a stock that is generally, if you're a long-only investor, as almost all of us are, if you're a long-only investor, you want a stock that is generally trading from bottom left to top right. And Macquarie has certainly been that over the decades, massively outperformed the rest of the banks and massively outperformed the market. And it is what I would describe as an elastic band market. It's got enough quality that if it goes to any extreme in either direction, it will almost always snap back, as would any large quality stock like the banks, the major big banks, but also Macquarie, there's enough quality in there to ensure that when you do get a sentiment extreme, it is going to come back to the mean at some point. So the idea is for the Macquarie-only portfolio to only buy Macquarie or hold cash. So we're either 100% in Macquarie or cash and see if we can outform the market. If we can do that consistently over the years, then it will save us a lot of effort worrying about a diversified portfolio of 20 stocks. We could do the same thing. I did think about doing the same thing with BHP and with the Commonwealth Bank. If you could do it with a CBA, then you could also have a solution for income-hungry investors as well. The yield on Macquarie isn't quite so sexy at about 3.5% and it's only 40% franked. Maybe we should do it with the CBA as well. Anyway, the idea is that we have a Macquarie-only portfolio, either in cash or in Macquarie, and at the moment, we're still firmly in cash. This is obviously a great buying opportunity in all of the banks, and if they are elastic band markets, those banks, then they are going to an extreme. If you have a look at the bank sector chart, you'll see it's gone from top to below the bottom of its most recent trading range. So the bottom line message is, while the run on the US bank seems to have been contained. Nothing is yet significantly going up. That time will doubtless come, but not yet. As such, I'm still in 40% cash in the strategy portfolio. It's getting a bit boring now. Interestingly, it is exposed quite significantly to the NASDAQ and the S&P 500 and the ASX 200. And the NASDAQ and the S&P 500 have hardly missed a beat during this financial crisis. But as I say, with the head wins for the US economy from tighter lending and with earnings downgrades looking likely, US markets are not exactly looking sexy at the moment. But damage has been 
well contained. In the ideas portfolio, I came very close to jumping in on that one-day rally in the lithium stocks yesterday. But have a look at the Marcus Take section in the ideas portfolio. It's all very well Liontown being bid for and Liontown jumping 68%. And it's all very well Albemarle confirming the long-term future demand for lithium. But so far, it is a one-day wonder in a downtrend. And if you look at the lithium carbonate price and the lithium hydroxide price, both charts in the Marcus Tech section, you'll see we would be buying into a downtrend in the big driver at the moment. We would really need to see the lithium price bouncing before you could safely buy lithium stocks. Having said that, of course, there were buy signals on a number of them, particularly Pilbara Minerals this morning. But again, it's a one-day bounce, although today it is up for the second day, up 3.1%. But mineral resources today only up 0.7%. It's not a fundamental turn in the sector. It is simply a one-day sentiment turn driven by the LTR bid. And the notable thing about most of the lithium stocks is that they are not producers, in which case they remain sentiment plays rather than takeover plays. Anyway, I have not yet bought into the lithium bounce yesterday and feeling like that's probably the right thing at this point in time. The market's not running hard. Sentiment is risk off at the moment and that doesn't lend itself to the lithium sector trundling safely higher. So have a look at the Marcus Take section today. Lots of stuff in there. Lots of charts, but the basic message is the same. Not convinced enough that this has blown over yet. Clearly the markets aren't. Blown over enough yet for us to get involved in the market or employ our 40% cash or buy Macquarie or stick anything in the ideas portfolio. Just resisting that lithium call. Otherwise, I note cited on Twitter, Shane Oliver's description of himself on Twitter, head of investment strategy and chief economist at AMP into boats, gardening, pop music, bright shirts and ties, economics, investing, my family and being nice. Good on you, Shane. There are so many tossers online. It's nice to see some people trying to set a better standard. I also note this headline, Musk Brain Implant Company in Search of Human Trials Partner. Anybody want their brain implanted? That's not actually what it is, of course. Neuralink is the company and they're developing a brain chip or a brain computer interface, BCI, that uses electrodes that penetrate the brain or sit on its surface to provide direct communication to computers. Elon Musk tells us at some point their brain chip will become as ubiquitous as LASIK eye surgery, solving all sorts of problems. I think Parkinson's is the sort of idea. Interesting stuff. I remember in the film The Matrix, you might remember Trinity runs out of a door on the roof of a house and there's a helicopter there, roof building, and there's a helicopter there and she tells her operator that she needs a program, a flight program for a C-330 helicopter and in between her leaving the door and getting into the helicopter, her operator has downloaded a program that has taught her how to fly a helicopter and it does bring home to me the idea that we really do have the slowest input device you could possibly imagine. You could put on one USB memory stick more documentation than we could ever read in the rest of our lifetimes. And yet here we are with the input device of eyes and ears. They are so slow that we really do have to be very choosy about what we bother to input into our feeble, slow-moving human 
human computer brain and the idea that you could download into the human brain using electronics rather than eyes and ears is a fascinating concept although of course I don't think that's what this is doing but since watching that Matrix film I have always realised that we have really the slowest interface with the world if we're relying on ears and eyes in which case we need to be very selective what we bother with moving on I had time to get to the technical scan section today the signals are being done by Damien at the moment just to speed things up for me in the morning but looking through the signals today you'll notice there's a host of buy signals on lithium stocks as I say I have chosen to ignore them for the moment but Pilbara Minerals at the top of that pile for significant lithium stocks with buy signals but it's a one day buy signal really needs a little bit more than that but the other observation is the energy sector is beginning to move or at least bottom after selling off quite hard you'll see there's an OPEC meeting next week and there is a legal stoush between Iraq and the Kurds which is curtailing exports fears of a banking meltdown also don't help the economic prospects of the world and therefore the price of oil and there's a strike in France which means there are a bunch of crude vessels building up on the coast of France at the moment so the oil price seeing a little bit of a production squeeze and bottoming and on the back of that the energy sector's got a buy signal on it so have Woodside Beach Petroleum and Warley's Warley Limited is services oil companies and is always seen as good trading stock in that sector otherwise anything else to do with hot stocks from Linus to Paladin to Syrah Resources all have buy signals after long downtrends or two month downtrends anyway and there's also a buy signal on AFG which is an income stock yields 9% mortgage origination tends to move with the housing market PE has halved from 19 times to 9 times and now it's having a bit of a bounce and the other technical observation was zero seems to have topped out after its resurrection post results that rally seems to have come to an end for the moment Macquarie oversold at the moment so is Rio computer share ANZ plenty of opportunity when this market turns just to say online town resources I don't know whether you've read it but the suggestion is that Albemarle need to come back with a $3 bid instead of the $2.50 bid before Liontown start to talk and Liontown's share price at the moment 263 up another 2.3% today Henry's in the city at the moment filming for Ausbiz he talks about lithium and the lithium frenzy of course talks about which stocks could get bid for next in the lithium space he's added to WBT and sold a part of his holding in CHN finally the CPI number came out today it was pretty good and has bounced our market now we were down 23 points at worst today we're now up six points the CPI number came in at 6.8 percent the expectations were seven seven point one percent down from seven point four percent so a good number it will be interpreted as allowing the RBA to pause rate rises on Tuesday the consensus seems to be that they will pause rate rises this month but will raise them again another 25 basis points sometime 
time in the next couple of months. And their conflicting comments from recent minutes are that one, rates have already hit restrictive territory, but that two, inflation is still too high. So a bit of give and take there. That's about that for today. As I say, up six for the moment. Banks letting, letting us down today, down 1.2%. Gold, best sector up 1.7%. At some point, if we get over this little financial crisis, at some point, the gold price is going to peak out at the moment. It's been rallying on all this uncertainty. So at some point, the obvious switch will be out of gold. Not that anyone would do this, but out of gold into banks. Energy also up another 1.5% today and resources up 1.4%. Financials and tech dragging the anchor. Right, that's about it. As I leave you, Dow futures up 94. NASDAQ futures up 0.3% as well. You have a fabulous day. I'll speak to you tomorrow.